Amen. Yeah, we believe that to be true, that God is always up to something good. Even when we can't see him or hear him or sense his presence, God is with us and he's always leading us out into something good. It's so good to have you with us today. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, we are a community. We are following Jesus and we're learning to love. And it sounds uh, weird to say that, that we're a community because we are scattered literally all over the place. We're in houses, living rooms, probably some bedrooms, back patios, kitchens all over the cities that we live in, but we are still one church, still unified. Uh, by Christ, and we are so thankful you've jumped in to join us. Now, whether it's your first time with us or you've been a part of McDowell for years and years, this is a safe place for you to both explore faith and take steps of faith. Now, we've been doing this. We do this in our uh, Sunday morning gatherings all the time. We always ask a crazy question because we want to build some community. We want to get to know the people who are around us. We can't really do that when we're virtual like this, except for that little chat bar that's next to you. You can jump right in. You can let us know your name. And the question of the day is this. You guys ready for this? We're in this new series called Overflow, and the graphic has the water and the bubbles and all that. So which would you choose? Which would you prefer? Would it be like a lake? Would it be an ocean? Would it be a river? Or would it be a swimming pool? Out of those like water choices, which ones would you choose? What, what do we got? Anything today? Ocean? Specific ocean? Pacific Ocean. That's a good one. Yeah, what else? I'm going ocean too. I'm ready for the beach. You ready for the beach? Yeah, that's a good one. Anything different? I'm more of the late guy. I yeah. like to get on the boat or get on the pontoon. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Jason, what do you got? Ocean. Ocean? We got a lot of oceans today. Oh, yeah, you're a lake guy. You enjoy the lake and being on the boat and stuff. So I, I think I might go the Mediterranean. Yeah, Mediterranean, It'd be fun to go there. Anyway, which would you choose? Where would you go? Lake, ocean, river, or swimming pool? Which one are you gonna choose? Write it over there, interact with some people, say hi to them, see how many people say which one. We'll see if there's as many oceans online as there are in this place today. Hey, um, one of the things we did last week is we asked you to fill out a connection card on Easter, and you guys were awesome. We got so many of those back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Easter was awesome, by the way. I know it was different, it was scattered, but there were so many good things that happened. We had people who were uh, virtually engaged in our worship who made a decision to begin a relationship with God based on Christ, which is something that we celebrate. It is so good. So many of them jumped onto that connection card and let us know about that, so we've been able to reach out in some of those um, places and uh, to some of those people. And we want you to do the same today. We'd love for you to fill out a connection card. Let us know that you're here. Let us know that you're a part of it. Uh, it's found at mcdowell.church slash card. And there's a number of things on there. Number one, you can let us know your name, any details, especially if it's your first time. We would really love to know that you're with us. Uh, but it's also a great place to let us know about prayer requests. We have a prayer team that prays over these each and every week. Our pastoral staff prays over the ones that are for pastors only. Uh, it, it's also a great way to let us know if, uh, if there are different places and, and areas, ministries that you want to jump into. So check that card out at some point later today. Let us know that you were here. We'd really, really, really appreciate that. I also want to say thank you to those of you who are continuing to partner with us financially. 
Uh, March was a, a pretty down month for us financially. Our income dropped dramatically, which was expected with all that's going on in the world. And uh, we, we always trust that God's going to provide exactly what we need. And what's amazing is there's a few families in our church who, who gave a little extra, not knowing what March was going to be like. And that's such an incredible gift and a blessing. It's God providing through our faithful giving. So I want to thank those of you who have jumped in to give. If you're someone who's able to give and you want to partner with us and continue pushing the ministries God's called us to, if you want to give to the mission, mcdowell.church/give is the best place to do that. You can also uh, mail in checks. We've had a number of people uh, do that. And then also you can drop them off here during the week in the afternoon. So that's also a great place to do that. Now, we're beginning a new series today. I am super excited about this series for a number of reasons. Number one, I believe God kind of knew what was going to be coming and put this series on our hearts. And I think it's a perfect series in this current series, in this current season, in what's going on in our culture for us. And I'm, I'm excited to see what God's gonna do. Um, it's a part of our journal, so if you don't have a journal, you can download one at mcdowell.church slash housechurch. Uh, you can also get a hard copy. If, if you are someone who likes to write and go through and be able to read a hard copy, we have plenty of them available. You can pick one up here at the church, or you can just email us, info at mcdowell.church. We'll drop one off at your house. We'll put one in the mail for you, whatever's best for you. We want to put this in your hands. The new series begins today, and you can follow along day by day. Now, what I want to do today is um, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. So I don't know how many of you enjoy when I nerd out and go a little Bible trivia on us, but I'm going to do that just for a few minutes. We're going to slip back into worship and then a couple other little pieces that Paul writes in this incredible letter. And this is a letter, Philippians is a letter, written to a group of new Christians, young Christians, who are trying to figure out how are we to live in this world who may not identify God or worship God or honor God with their lives? How are we as followers of Jesus to live in a world that may not even recognize who God is? What, what, how do we do that? And so Paul, one of the earliest of Christians, writes some letters. And this letter is incredible because Paul writes this letter from prison and yet he is so full of joy. And it's something that he's encouraging these young Christians, even though they are being persecuted for their faith, he's encouraging them to choose joy because joy is something that you can choose. We can choose joy even in difficult circumstances. Now, if you have time this week, and most of us have a little bit of time during the week uh, these days, I, I wanna encourage you to go to youtube.com slash the Bible project. It's one of our ministry partners. We support them financially because we believe so much in what they're doing. Look up the, the video that is Paul's letter to the Philippians. And it's an overview of, of what we're going to be studying over the next few weeks. It's a great overview. There's some great animations. Uh, the teaching is incredible. And we're going to be walking chapter by chapter through this. If you want to just read day by day, jump in Philippians and read. It's a great book just to read through as well. Now, like I said, I'm going to go a little nerd on you just for a few minutes, a little history on you just for a few minutes. And what I want to talk about is uh, this city, Philippi, which is an old ancient city, but it's a city that Augustus, uh, Octavian, which was Caesar Augustus, uh, he reestablished and really put on the front lines of expanding the Roman Empire into this part of, of Greece, northern Greece. 
Now, um, just a quick reminder of the emperors of Rome. Let's see if you remember. Uh, Julius Caesar, you remember Julius Caesar? And he was murdered, assassinated. Anybody know what year Julius Caesar? That's a 10th grade question and we're all beyond that. But back in 10th grade, maybe we remember 44 BC, I believe, uh, Julius Caesar was murdered. When Julius Caesar was murdered, his uh, adopted son, Octavian, who became uh, Caesar Augustus, took over as the new emperor. Now, this crazy, uh, this crazy thing happened where a number of people recognized a comet in the sky soon after Julius Caesar died. Has anybody heard this before, this history? So a comet comes through the sky. Uh, Caesar Augustus recognizes the comet and says, this comet is proof that Julius Caesar, my father, is divine. It's, it's, it's the gods letting, letting us know that Julius Caesar is divine. This comet is a sign to us that Julius Caesar is God. Now, if Julius Caesar is God, that makes it really a good news to be God's son. And so uh, Caesar Augustus, Octavian, becomes known as, you guessed it, the son of God. Now, I'll show you a quick coin. Uh, this is a coin from uh, around the time of Jesus, and it's a coin with uh, Octavian, Caesar Augustus's face, on the front of it. On the back, you'll notice it, it says Caesar, and on the other side of the coin, you'll see there's, there's uh, five letters, D-I-V-I, -I, and then an F. D-I-V-I, -I, and then an F. This is a Latin word which means son of God. It's, it's this imprint, and people around the world began to know him as the son of God. Later, after uh, Caesar Augustus, there was Nero. We all have heard of Nero. Nero was a, a brutal emperor who killed so many Christians. He actually became known as Lord and Savior of the Roman world. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus and you begin to, to make known that, no, no, uh, Caesar's not the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. And Caesar is not my Lord and Savior, but rather Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It puts you in a pretty precarious position. And these people who were on the front lines in Philippi, which was a, a Roman colony to expand the Roman Empire, if you're in this kind of a city and, and you are beginning to recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior, Jesus as the Son of God, you are kind of out there on your own. It's, it's a very precarious position to be in. Now, listen to what uh, Paul writes to these early Christians. Above all, in other words, with, with everything that's going on, like if you are to focus on one thing, here it is, above all, live as citizens of the good news of King Jesus. Live as citizens as this, of this proclamation, the good news that God has given us, which is Jesus is the king of the world. Now think about Philippi, the city out. It's a Roman colony that was put there in order for the Roman world to be expanded into northern Greece. Christians and the church us, we were placed exactly where we are, not simply to be citizens of the places in which we live, 
to be then extracted to go to heaven one day, but we were placed as a colony. Church, we're a colony that God has placed in order to bring the kingdom of heaven here and now. That is our call. And as Paul begins to write this early church, he is reminding them, you are not just members of this society in which you live, but you are members of the kingdom of God and you are a colony placed there to expand God's kingdom, his love and his grace. So you don't worship a king or a Caesar in your world. You worship King Jesus. And one day, every knee will bow. Eventually, Paul will write this in the letter. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. What will they confess? That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's what we're a part of as a church. God is good. And in the good times and in the bad times, God is good. And we will praise him as our Lord and as our Savior, King Jesus above all. Amen? So, Father God, we worship you today. We don't worship the, the princes and the principalities of this world, the politics that so divide us. We worship King Jesus, the Lord and Savior of all, the true Son of God. And God, we choose today to bow our knees for our tongues to confess that he is Lord of all. God, thank you for your love and your grace and for calling us your children. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As, uh, as Paul begins this letter in chapter 1, it's, it's one of my favorite passages and promises in all of Scripture. And I think in this moment, this cultural moment, it's one that we need to allow to sink down into our hearts and into our, into our minds. And here's what Paul writes to this group of Christians. Remember, out there in a, in a city that they're surrounded by people, Roman citizens who, are, who really sold out to the Roman Empire. These young Christians are you know, giving their lives, trying to follow Jesus. And this is what Paul says to them. He, he, he writes, of this I am convinced, that the one who began a good work in you will thoroughly complete it by the day of King Jesus. Now that's some good news for us. Isn't that good news? That the, that the God who began a good work in you, it's his work, and he's the one who started it. And the fact that we're even thinking about it or talking about it, that you just happen to dial in and tune in today, like that is, I believe, a picture that God is doing something in you. And this God who has begun this, this work in you will not give up on you. Now that's some good news. He's not going to give up on you. He's going to continue and he's going to thoroughly complete it before the day that King Jesus returns. I mean, that's, that's, some, that's some good promise for us. It's something that we can hold on to some truth that, that the work he is has started and initiated, is going to continue as he brings it to completion. N.T. Wright, who is uh, undoubtedly one of the, the strongest scholars, New Testament scholars in our day and age. I, I love N.T. Wright's work. He, he says this, that God has begun his work in you, and what God begins, he completes. What God begins, he will bring to completion. And that's, that's what Paul wants this 
this young church to, to be reminded of, especially when they're reminded daily of how they don't fit in. And I think in this moment, when we find ourselves in isolation, uh, distance from other people, I think it's a moment where we might think to ourselves, what could God be doing right now? Like, I don't see God working in my life. I am frustrated. I'm tired. It's weird because it seems like we have more time on our hands, but yet we still feel very tired and out of sync. And it's like there's no schedule. And so God can't be doing a work right now. I, I, I wish we could get through this so that then I could get back on track with where God wants me to be or where I want to be. So it's in these moments of isolation that it feels like, these troubles and trials are, are, they just need to kind of move on and then God can get back to work in the ways that he wants to get at work. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, uh, he wrote in his letter something that I think we could, we could learn from as well. Here's what he says. Consider, consider it a sheer gift, my friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Anybody feel like you've got some testing and challenge going on? Any parents who are homeschooling your children right now at home, and there might be some testing and challenging in that, and full-time jobs and trying to navigate everything that's going on. And, and James says, consider it, consider it a sheer gift, a gift, challenges and trials, a gift. And here's what he says, because under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open and it shows its true colors. Now, if trials and challenges force the true selves that, that are within us out into the open, some of us don't get very excited about that. That's not a true gift. Have you ever looked, you know, done a little, um, uh, uh, just looking at your life and saying, what is it that is coming out of me right now again and again and again? Maybe we don't want to go there this morning, but what is it that keeps coming out? And Paul says, what comes out in the trials and the challenges of your life, like that is your true colors. Now, I know what some of us are thinking. Well, that's not good news, Matt, that those are my true colors. That is definitely not a good thing. What Paul wants you to know is that it is a good thing because when your true colors come out, then God can begin to work to adjust and change those things. And so here's what it says. Um, under pressure, these things are coming out into the open. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it, do it, let it do its work in you so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Now, um, back when I was an athlete um, or a semi-athlete, uh, back when I think I might have been somewhat of an athlete, uh, we would work out all the time. I mean, from the time I was in seventh grade through my college days, uh, the teams that I was a part of, we worked out all the time. And we worked out by lifting weights. We did calisthenics. Uh, we did... Um, step aerobics sometimes, crazy, and we ran a lot. And all the time, kids on our team always wanted to find ways to, to sidetrack or get out of workouts early. Or if we were doing sprints, they wanted the coach to cut it short. Like maybe I don't have to go all the way to the finish line. And what we found over time was that if you cut your workout short, you were never fully prepared for the fourth quarter. You weren't ready because you had cut short the work that needed to be done in you so that you might be prepared when game time hit. And I think the same is true about our faith. 
I think it's in the challenges and the trials when our true selves begin to emerge that, that it gives God an opportunity to, to continue the work that he's already begun. And so this moment that we're in, I am like many of you, I am ready for it to be done. Can I get an amen in the room? Like we're ready to get through it, but God says, don't, don't try to get through it prematurely. Instead, let it, let it do its work in you. And God is working in you and in me right now. We may not identify it as that, but God is working in us. And he wants to continue that work until it's fully completed. So don't try to get out of it early, prematurely. Let it do its work in you. God will finish what he started. And he will use the circumstances of our lives to do the things that he wants to do. And we need to rest in that. And I'm convinced of this, that the God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He will thoroughly fulfill that work over time if you will cooperate with his spirit in you. God, you are good. And even in the the trials and challenges that that force our faith out into the open or force our our true selves out into the open, God, I pray in these moments we would know your goodness and in your, your, your grace in a very personal way. And in this personal way, I pray that you would continue the work that you've already begun in my heart and in my mind, in our church, in our families, in our homes. And I pray that we wouldn't get out, we wouldn't try to get out of anything early or sidestep the work that you want to do or try to to find a shortcut around, but we would allow you to do the work you want to do in us so that we might become mature before the day of Jesus. God, thank you for your goodness. So, Father God, I pray that we would be reminded again and again and again of your goodness, your faithfulness, even in, in these moments of trials and challenges. I pray that we would be reminded of your presence, the work that you are doing in us, God, I pray that you would bring it to completion. I pray that we would cooperate with your spirit as you work in us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to I want to close today with a prayer that Paul is is writing to the Philippian church, to these these new Christians. And I, and I love this prayer. I think it's very appropriate for us as a church, too, because of what we strive to do and to be, to, to be people marked by his love, to live love in every way that we can. So Paul, as he's writing in chapter one, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. One of the questions I begin to wrestle with is how do I how do I become filled up with love in a way that it could spill out onto the lives of those people around me? How do, how do we overflow with love? Is it something that we work hard to accomplish and create? Do we have to do we have to figure out how how love can so consume us that then it would 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 spill out? And here's what I believe. I believe that the more we rest in the love of God, the more that we receive and are filled by the love of God, not by the work that we create or the work that we try to achieve, but 
but the rest of, in the love that God has for us, the more that we will begin to express that love to the world around us. In other words, the more that you rest in the love of God, the more you will begin to express that you will overflow with that love to the world around us. And so how do we do that practically? Well, we talk about this a lot around here at McDowell. Uversion is another one of our ministry partners. And Uversion has created this free Bible app completely free, and it's so powerful. It's God's Word. Uh, there, there's a number of new technologies that are a part of it now, but beginning your morning, filling yourself up with the love of God and the truth of God will then begin to spill out on the people around you. And I think it's one of the most important things that we could do in this current cultural moment. Most of us feel like there is no schedule in our lives. It's so out of whack. It's chaotic. I'm so thankful that Robin and I began this practice a long time ago, and it's become a part of our rhythm today. And so in this time when we feel like there's so many strange things going on, this rhythm is one that we start every day with. The coffee starts, and the coffee smells so good, and we get up and uh, we, we bring our Bibles uh, to, the, to the, the living room, and we, we go to separate sides of the room, and as we drink our coffee, we read scripture, and we simply rest in the love of God, and in an attempt to be filled up with that love, not to work our way toward it, but to be filled up so that that love would then spill out onto the, the people around us. And, and here's my confession. I don't always do that very well. Like there are times I wish I loved people better than I do. There are times that things spill out of me that I wonder, where did that come from? Has that ever happened to you? Where did that come from, that anger or that resent, whatever it is. And I need to be filled up more and more with the love of God so that then it can spill out onto others. So I pray for you, McDowell, that, that your love would overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and wisdom so that you could understand what really matters, so that we could know what, what are the most important things in the world and so that we could then live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled. I, I like this, this last part of his prayer. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. And it's one of those things that you might say, well, is that my work? Like the fruit of my salvation, is that what I you know, have to achieve? No, the fruit of your salvation is the right character which is produced by Christ. Again, it's resting and rooting yourself in the love of the Heavenly Father. For this will bring much glory and praise to God the Father. That's my prayer for us as a church, for you as followers of Jesus. I pray that your love would overflow and spill out on others. That your minds, your heart, the wisdom that you have I, I pray that that wisdom would help you know what is the most important thing. That you would live right, pure lives. And the fruit of that salvation would become evident to everyone you come in contact with. McDowell, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I miss you like crazy. I can't wait till we're back together again. Much grace and peace to you on this week. If there's anything that you need, anything that we can do, reach out, and we'll see you next Sunday.